0: One of the things that I remember growing up doing is highly illegal today. Have you noticed that the things that probably you and I did as children you can't get away with today? Like did, you, did do you ever think I heard an article on the radio or heard an article, listen to a story on the radio about the bacteria that's on bath toys? Yeah. if you and I, we all survived, we're lucky. One of the things that we did, we rode bikes without helmets, skateboards without knee pads, but we're all fine. Can't do that today. One of the things that we did, that I did when I was growing up, that's highly illegal now, is when we were driving home on long road trips, on the back seat of my mom's Pontiac, I would lay down. I would stretch out all the way across the seat. i put my head on the armrest. You can't do that today. That's a big ticket. It might even be jail for your parents. But I used to do it. I lived. My mom and dad never went to jail. I guess the cops were on to some other things. But what happened was this. And on the way home, I could lay down and look at the streetlights passing over. Or I can then hear the bumps in the road and know exactly where I was. I would know, oh, we're about five minutes from home. I can tell by that tree that went by. Now, I grew up in Southern California. There wasn't very many trees, so there was that. But I can tell because I knew home. Home was welcome for me. Home, home was a place that I could sense when I was getting closer. Even today, when I drive by that house in Southern California, there's something about that place that is still special because that was the home I grew up in. We all need home. Home is a place where you're fully accepted. We all need a place like that. We need a place where you and I can go and be loved for it. We need a place where the sights have memories attached to them. I remember the hideous floor in our kitchen growing up. It was gross, but I remember it. It was in style back then, but as I remember it now, it's like, man, that thing was hideous and gross. Home is a place where you remember the sights, where you remember what things look like. Home is a place where you remember sounds. The fourth step going up on our stairway, the eighth step coming down, squeaked. So if I wanted to sneak in, I needed to avoid the fourth step because it woke Dad up. If I wanted to sneak out, which happened, maybe, uh, I needed to avoid the eighth step. Because it was home, I knew exactly where it was. It was predictable. We all need a place like this. We need a place of home, a place of safety, a place where we can retreat to, where we can go and shut the door, a place where we are familiar, loved, accepted, where we can shut the door, turn the deadbolt, and find that acceptance for us. We need a place like that, We need home. Scientists and psychologists have found that children that grow up with a good home environment have a better chance of of better relationships when they get older. We need that place. It's been proven home and having a place of acceptance and security is a place that is very important for all of us. That home is available for us today. We can still find that acceptance. We can find that love. The author of Psalm 23 is writing uh, this psalm, this very familiar psalm. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I want nothing. I don't lack a thing. And he goes through, and he's looking back on his life, and he's looking back at the ways that God took care of him. But towards the end of the whole the psalm, the poem, the author turns the, the tense. He's no longer looking back. He's looking forward. And he says this. He says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David, the guy who wrote it, was thinking of someplace. He was thinking of home. He wanted to go home. Him finding home was an elusive concept for him. He had grown up in a house where his dad literally forgot who he was. Samuel comes riding in and counts the seven sons, and he goes, do you have another one? And his dad, Jesse, goes, yeah, there's one more. He forgot who he was. He was considered the runt. His brothers later never thought he would amount to anything. So David's home life was a time where he was always fighting to feel relevant. And so when he's looking back or he's looking forward in in what's coming to him, he says, but I have a home and I'm going to dwell in that house forever. For him dwelling in the house of the Lord was a place where he was 100% loved, 100% accepted, 100% of the time. And he looked forward to that. You can say that David was homesick. He was looking forward to a time where he can finally feel comfortable in his own skin kick off his shoes and relax and be home. Have you ever been homesick? In junior high, I had a very bad middle school. We can talk about most of the problems that I incurred in junior high, but I've done really good at like forgetting them. So this one I can bring back from memory and still not be scarred. I went to junior high camp at a place called Victory Ranch. It was out in the desert of California, a place called Hemet. I don't know if any of you are familiar with Hemet. Uh, It's not a fun place. But we went to summer camp there, because why not? And so we're there. They had horses. And uh, I'm sitting there. It's Tuesday night, and I wanted to go home so bad. I didn't have very many friends I I didn't really fit in, but I'm sitting there at nighttime, and I wanted to go home. I almost called dad to come pick me up. He wouldn't have. Uh, They were enjoying the week without me, probably. But I'm sitting there, and I'm wondering, I would love to go home. And the stars, they were pretty, but I felt like Fido and American Dream, or that that one movie, somewhere out there is a home for me on the other side, however the, the tune goes. Sam can play it for us later. But I was looking for home. I wanted home so bad and it was only Tuesday. I had three more days to get there. Have you ever been homesick like that? Perhaps it's right now. Perhaps you do not feel comfortable where you're sitting. Maybe you've been around Christians for a long time. And you think to yourself, man, if they only knew what I think like inside they would run away from me. These people wouldn't sit in the same row. Maybe you're uncomfortable sitting here. Maybe for that reason you avoid Christians in church altogether. Perhaps you visit from time to time, you dip your toe in the water so to speak, but every time you come you go away and you feel a little bit shamed. You feel looked down upon and you feel like you never really belong. Perhaps you're here today because you were invited. You didn't wanna come but your friends said that they'd help you move if you come to church. Or other friends said they'd buy you lunch afterwards or they said there's pancakes and you're like, cool, we'll eat some pancakes, we'll go. But you're here and maybe you struggle with religion. Maybe you struggle with Jesus. Maybe you struggle with those pesky Christians and they leave you with more questions than they do answers. Christianity, faith, religion for you is like a museum with, with the art on the wall. It looks cool, but it just doesn't really make sense. Maybe you find that today. Jesus' disciples felt the same way. They were full of doubt. They were full of discouragement. They went through life not fe- feeling like they didn't belong. But they had the same feelings they, that we feel. Never really accepted. Their families disowned them because they were following this this rabbi guy. They were mocked. Listen to what Jesus says to them in John 14, or John 4. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me, that you may also be where I am. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. In the middle of their doubts, Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. In the middle of them feeling mocked, uncomfortable, not feeling like they belonged anywhere in their society, in their culture. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. There's room for you. No matter where you are, doubts, shame, regret, feeling out of place, there's room for you. In fact, he says, in my dad's house, his dad's God, says, it's a huge house. And guess what? There's a lot of room there's room for you, there's room for all the stuff you bring with you, and there's room for me. We can go there. There's plenty of space. You and I try to find answers to our doubts. You and I try to find meaning and belonging in places, and each time we come up short. And then, once we think that we've found it, we develop our lives and get such a defensive posture around everything because we're terrified that we might accidentally Lose it, or if if we don't find meaning or belonging, we live these lives of high anxiety, searching from one thing to the next thing because we're afraid we'll never find it. Jesus says to his disciples, "Don't live like that. You don't have to let your hearts be troubled." Jesus reminds his disciples, it is, and it's the same reminder for us today. Don't let your hearts be troubled. There's room. All you have to do is come home. In this home, we belong. In this home, there's a seat for us, there's a plate at the table for us with the best food. In this home, there's an open door. We're given a key. We get the Wi Fi password, and our phones and our devices connect automatically. It's home, and we belong not because anything that you and I have done or because of who we know or even because of the answers that we might have concocted. The only reason we belong is because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. We belong in this home. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we're invited to live in God's house and like David says, forever, which is a very, very long time. It's a long time, but it starts right now. You're invited to live forever because of the resurrection of Christ. Eternity has broken into today. Today is the first day of forever, and the invitation for you to come home is still open. It doesn't matter what you've done. The invitation stands for you today, just like it stood for the man who was crucified next to Jesus on the day he was crucified. He said he was on the cross. He was a criminal. He had tried to find belonging in a life of crime. He wasn't very good at it. He and his buddy got caught. They were being crucified next to, next to Jesus that day. And his buddy on the other side of Jesus starts mocking Jesus because that's what the rest of the crowd is doing. He wanted to find belonging in the crowd that's killing him. But this other man looks at him. We'll read the story. One of the criminals who hung there, hurled insults at them. Aren't you the Messiah, he said? Save yourself, save us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting our, what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Two men hanging on the cross next to Jesus, both trying to find a place where they can belong, both trying to find home. One of them turns and mocks, and the other says to Jesus, Remember me when you establish your kingdom. The kingdom for Jesus was his home. And what does Jesus say to him? Today, you're going to be with me in paradise. Today, you can find home and find belonging. And it's only through Christ. Jesus created a place for us through his death and resurrection. And the only way to get there is to simply tell him that you would like to come that you would like to be there. You would f- like to find the belonging you're searching for in him and him alone. That's all the thief on the cross did. The thief on the cross, the criminal, invited himself over, and Jesus was totally cool with it. And when we realize that we already belong, when Jesus says the invitation is there, we realize that we already belong, we finally will be able to live our lives because we can stop searching for that meaning that we've been scrambling to find. When we accept Christ's invitation to come, we will stop seeking invitations to go elsewhere. Then and only then will we find the rest and the home that we've been looking for. Are you homesick today? Are you tired of searching? Are you sick of disappointments? Are you sick of hiding? Are you tired of shame? Then come home. It's waiting for you. The door's wide open. The owner of the house is ready to greet you, give you a hug. He says, come home. Are you homesick today? Do you want the same confidence that David had? To be able to, in the middle of your trial, say, but I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you want that confidence? Do you want that promised future? Do you want a meaningful today? Then come home. You belong to God. All of you do. And because of Christ, he's willing to claim you as his own. Do you want to come home? Then my friends, come in. And all you have to do is say, I want to come. So will you bow your heads with me? We're going to pray. If you'd like to come home, it's simple. All you have to do is just let Jesus know you're on your way. There are many ways to do this. But today, I'm just going to say a prayer. And if this is something you would like, then all you need to do is just repeat after me. If you'd like to come home, repeat this. Jesus, thank you for inviting me home, for dying on the cross, and raising from the dead to show me the way. I'd like to belong to you today. Make your home in me so I can make my home in you. Today I choose you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, I'm, I'm not going to have you stand or raise your hand, but I'd like to welcome you home. In a few minutes, we're going to sing some songs. Uh, uh, but in, when that time comes, I'd like you to make your way over to the chairs over there on the, on the right, on my right, your left. There will be people there who are willing to pray with you, to welcome you, just to pray for you. If you don't want to make your way over there during the music, then make your way over there after the service. But please, make your way over there. If you don't do it, you're never going to. So if you prayed that prayer, I want to see you come over there. Would you pray with me again? Jesus, I thank you for your home. I thank you that we have a place to go where we're fully loved. I thank you because of your death and your resurrection, we can finally come to that place called home. Thank you that we can have a meaningful life today and a certain forever tomorrow. Thank you that you beat sin. You conquered death on our behalf so that you can be home with us and we can be home with you.